Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Neil Haley Show on the Caregiver Dave Celebrity segment. I'm excited to welcome the program, Caregiver Dave Nassani. Dave, how are you? And uh, man, it's we're getting so close to the new year. Uh, are you building up your New Year's resolutions right now? Are you writing them I down? Got, I got them. <laughs> I've not started yet. I've, I have a plan, but I'll, I'll wait to the last day to do it. I, and I think that's the problem. People take two weeks to do it and forget about the last two weeks of the calendar year. And I got things to do. I'll come up with them soon for sure. But I think it's going to be same as usual, but, you know, continue to have hope going into 2021 and say goodbye to 2020. I think it's the first year everyone in the world will say, thank you, leave. It's time for 2021. Yes, And I will be getting rid of some of this baby Corona fat though. That's, that's, a, that's a certain. Hey, I'm losing weight. Cause I had to, cause I knew it cause it was this, but I want to get in great shape for 2021. Our guest today is Stacy Lane Wilson, and she has a documentary on the ventures. Uh, Stacy, thanks for stopping by. And I, I appreciate you coming on. Oh, well, thanks for having me on Neil and Dave. Good to see you guys today. Absolutely. I'm going to get a history, Dave. And if you want, I mean, cause I mean, I don't, know a lot about the ventures but it's amazing to know how many people love and know their music especially if they're in the guitar genre especially oh, in the, so yeah before, they were they were one of the two groups that did Wipeout, which was a big big uh hit in the 70s you know for surfer song right so they so uh, you yes. know, and so, 70s when I was, I was born in 1973, Dave. So you uh, know more about the ventures. So you knew when you heard about doing this interview about that. So go ask Stacy your first question. Um, well, I just want to know what, what it was like, you know, being raised and uh, your friends knowing that you were the daughter of, you know, one of the ventures. Honestly, when I was a teenager, my friends thought it was a lot cooler than I did because you know how it is, your dad is just your dad and you know, nothing special. But, uh, but now over the years, I've certainly gained an appreciation and especially in the past few years since I've been making this documentary, I interviewed uh, almost 40 people, many of whom are famous musicians and to hear them you know, gush about my dad and the rest of the band, the Ventures, you know, really kind of opened my eyes to just how much they really mean to the rise of the electric guitar and how many other bands they influenced. Bands that I grew up loving may not have been the same without the Ventures. Yeah, the bands, two bands played Wipeout in the 70s, and there was always a debate, who does it better? And my favorite was <laughs> just so <laughs> right. Well, the Ventures, they venturized almost all the songs that they covered because Wipeout was actually written and recorded by the Surfaris in the 60s. And so, uh, but the Ventures, I think, you know, they just have a different sounding version. It's not necessarily better, but it's kind of the one that people know when they think about that song. Yeah, the drum solo especially. Yeah, yeah. Mel Taylor was a fantastic drummer and unfortunately uh, we lost him in the mid-90s, but um, his son, Leon, took over as the drummer for the Ventures. So there's still some original members in the band. Even, you know, it's amazing to think that they've been touring and recording for 60 years. Wow. Wow. Yeah. They're in like 80s, right? Wow. How, how yeah. late did they actually continue recording and doing shows? Right. Well, my dad is um, one of two founding members of the group. He founded the group with Bob Vogel 
1959 and they had their first hit walk don't run in 1960 so it's the 60th anniversary of their debut but um yeah so he was in the band that whole time he never left the band he never missed a tour and but he retired from touring in uh 2015 and i was lucky enough to be able to go with my family to witness some of their final shows with my dad in the group and um but he's 87 now so he's uh, happily retired from well, touring it's really grueling Dave, good health good yeah health. yeah uh-huh. then awesome. Dave, Dave will definitely get to that question now you, my kids know I, I was a former professional wrestler and know different things but they really don't know much about me so are you kind of that same thing with dad you knew dad what dad did but really didn't understand how much it meant to lots of people if that's what you're kind of saying yeah, part. exactly. I mean, yeah, I knew, you know, the facts and the figures, but until you really hear it from other people who are telling you how much they revere the ventures, for instance, John Fogarty told me a great story about learning how to play the guitar on a family cross country drive when he was a teenager and he had his acoustic guitar in the back of the the station wagon learning how to play walk don't run (laughs) and driving everyone crazy like playing the same thing over and over again but it's really you know it's different to hear it in that context you know where you're hearing it from a person who's you know with you in the room it's different from reading statistics in a book or online yeah i was a drummer and i i that was the first song that i learned on my drums by the way Um, yeah sweet See, Dave has definitely the more knowledge base than this. That's why I love bringing in this perspective, but I love learning. That's what I always love about interviews is I want to learn from the person. You know, you're doing all the research and come up with all the different things. Yeah, come up with the great questions, but learn from the guest. And that's the big thing. But everyone needs to definitely check out, check out the documentary. We'll talk a little bit more about that. But go ahead, Dave, with your next question. Well, I was just going to ask, uh, how did you come up with the documentary? Was it your idea? Was it something your dad's been talking about? And you, you finally, you know, getting it off his bucket list? <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, I mean, believe it or not, this is the first feature-length documentary ever about the ventures. And you think about, you know, all the documentaries about the Rolling Stones or some other groups, you know, and it's really quite something. But actually, you know, my dad and my brother, my brother Tim, um, actually thought of it as doing like a stage play, kind of like the Jersey Boys or something like that. And then other filmmakers had wanted to make a documentary about the ventures, but for whatever reason, it just never happened. And I had um, written and directed some narrative features, um, you know, some horror movies and different things. Um, So I kind of had a foot in the door already. So we just decided to try it and do it ourselves. And I'm really grateful that we did. You talked about horror movies uh, before the interview. And I was glad I heard that. So tell me specifically enough, you you made some, you directed and how did you get involved in horror movies was that so you did kind of go the entertainment bug it sounds like just like your dad right yeah exactly Mm -hmm. yeah well I started out in the early 2000s as an entertainment reporter and I worked for the sci-fi channel and horror.com and Fangoria Mm -hmm. magazine and so um I also was writing horror novels and somehow you know I just made a couple short films and I was approached by a producer Jennifer Bean, who's married to Michael Bean, who you may remember from the Terminator and, you know, oh, some wow. of those great. yeah, so she is a film producer and um, I had interviewed her husband and I, you know, we'd got to talking about film and I said, I have a few shorts and she looked at them and she said, hey, how would you like to direct a feature for our production company? And she was just really um, a great supporter of women in film and, and supporting new filmmakers. 
So the first movie that I wrote and directed for their production company is called Cabaret of the Dead. And it's about uh, burlesque dancers versus bloodthirsty zombies in post-apocalyptic <laughs> Hollywood. <laughs> so it's a hard wow. drama. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, you know, they're doing a documentary on my life. I know there's many different ways of doing documentary. So tell us about your documentary. How are you filming it? Uh, how long is it going to take? And, you know, what methods are you using? Well, it's all done. <laughs> so the, oh. the documentary is out so everybody can watch it. It's streaming everywhere. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, but it was made over the course of three years and in such a way that a lot of the interviews were grabbed when and where we could. So we didn't have a controlled environment like a studio where every interviewee right. came in and you had the perfect environment. So it's a little um, like a bit of a patchwork, I guess you could say, but but it was really fun. I mean, for instance, I got um, Marky Ramone at a convention, you know, just with my iPhone and he was saying how much the Ramones love the ventures. And then, you know, we also had instances where we could go to someone's house, like I went to John Fogarty's house and we had a camera set up and lighting. So, yeah, that was great. And then uh, Billy Bob Thornton, we interviewed him yeah. at the Sunset Marquee Hotel. And so, you know, there's just different, I think it actually adds to visuals. It's all, it's not all just yeah. static and in the same place. And we also intercut the Talking Head interviews with some animation and some vintage footage of the ventures performing. And I hope you've got a lot of music in there, too. <laughs> yeah, we do. Although I have to say that as an independent filmmaker and, you know, financing this thing basically myself with my family, um, we couldn't afford to pay tens of thousands of dollars, for instance, for the original Walk, Don't Run in its entirety. So there's bits and pieces of the songs uh, as fair use and we also licensed and commissioned some covers. And then we also had some really fantastic up and coming surf bands and fans of the ventures kindly donate their music to us. So it's really a great kind of overview because not only is it about the ventures, but it's a celebration of who were influenced by the ventures. So you get to hear some of their music too. So tell me about the process of how you decided how to put together the documentary. I think Dave is asking a little bit more. I want to know more of that, you know, how you said decided interviews, all those things. Did you kind of come up with the idea and say, okay, now how are we going to implement this? What do we want? What do we really want the story to tell? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you do have to come up with a three act structure, just like you do with the narrative film. Um, but in this case, you know, as we were gathering up interviewees, someone come in at the last minute, others that you expected to be in the film fell through. So you really have to be able to roll with the punches and really, you know, just kind of let the story tell itself. And then when you've got, you know, say 30, 40 hours on film, which is quite considerable, then you edit it all together. And the story really came across, I think, um, more profoundly in the post-production process. You know, because I was just happy to get what I could when I could while I was filming the interviewees. It's curious that you would have to pay for the original Walk, Don't Run. I mean, doesn't your father own rights to this stuff? No. no. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, he didn't write those songs. So, uh, yeah, the Ventures are really known for venturizing other people's songs. So even if, uh, you know, say the master was recorded by the Ventures, but the composer is Johnny Smith then Johnny Smith's estate, you know, sold those rights to Sony, which is a huge right. corporation, you know, and they just, you know, they're all about like, show me the money. So that's how that happened. But, um, but overall, you know, I think it really came out well. And 
the response to the documentary has been really good. Now, that, explain fair use to people because people still probably don't understand that how you can use other people's stuff, but still not if you credit it. Because that's a that's an interesting process to look at when you're creating something. Absolutely. Well, a lot of um, documentaries, you think about a lot of unauthorized documentaries, you know, say there's a documentary about Donald Trump and they're using all the news footage of Donald Trump. They're not paying for that um, because it's fair use. It's considered educational. Um, so with the Ventures music, um, we couldn't play, you know, like I couldn't play the whole song, Walk, Don't Run. Right. But I, have, I can show a, a, a little bit of it in context to as an educational way to say, okay, well, this some, someone's talking about, you know, the guitar riffs in Walk, Don't Run. So you demonstrate that with the audio, but only for a few seconds. And I did have an entertainment attorney who I hired to vet everything and to make sure that everything was above board. Good idea because I ended up interviewing Newt Gingrich and one of my web guys decided to put up a picture of Newt and it ended up where the, the fair free press Francais was going after me and I had to make sure I could, I had to get a lawyer just to get through saying I was using it for fair use and it wasn't copyrighted, even though they said it was. So you have to be very careful. And I like to educate people on this show because they might hear the word fair use. So thanks for that. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't mean you can just use everything with impunity. You do have to definitely make sure that you're within legal bounds to use it for sure. It's a shame a big company like Sony or others like them, would want to, you know, contribute to a work of art like that and not try to gouge you for the uh, the money. <laughs> Sadly, that is not the case, no. Now, tell us about some other people that you interviewed for the documentary. Um, well, one thing, you know, as being uh, in the film and entertainment industry, I'm cognizant of the fact that we needed to have diversity in terms of age and gender and uh, backgrounds, ethnicities. So it was really important to me to gather up some younger musicians that love the Ventures, um, women who are influenced by the Ventures bands, girl bands, Um, people from Japan love the Ventures. So we had quite a few uh, people chiming in on that front. So yeah, it was important to me not to have all, you know, say my dad's contemporaries who are you know, Caucasians in their 80s. So to me, it was important to show a really broad overview. And so that was one thing that I think I brought to it. Well, so I, I don't know, I, I'd like to know where and when uh, are we ready for that information yet, Neil? <laughs> We're getting close to it. Yeah. So you said it's available now, Stacey, correct? Everywhere? Yes, you can, yes. yeah. Where, yeah, how can people do it? Earlier mm-hmm. this month. And um, yeah, a lot of Lucky fans I've seen online. We have an Instagram and a Facebook people posting their DVD that they got for Christmas. And so it's been really gratifying to see how much people are embracing it and enjoying it and really grateful for the fact that there's finally a documentary out about their favorite group. So it's available VOD and also you said you can get it as a DVD as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Where's the best place? Your dad's reaction to all of this. Oh, well, of course, he was the (laughs) number one critic that I had to please. So I did show him a rough cut of the movie about uh, a year ago, and he did approve of it. So that made me happy. Um, But he was not part of the creative process because, you know, when you're the director, you really just kind of have to have that tunnel vision to the end. And so, I mean, if there was anything that he really objected to, it was uh, 
certainly not too late to take it out, but fortunately he liked everything about it. And, you know, it's okay. definitely not a behind the music kind of thing because the Ventures are a very clean cut band. They're not, you know, they don't have any, yeah. but like, you know, Keith Richards or somebody. So it's, it's really a celebration of the music. It's not so much about the personalities in the band. So what Dave knows a lot about the ventures, but for our audience listening and watching that might not like, where would they say, Oh, that Eureka, he brought up wipeout Dave, but you also brought up something when we were talking off air too, that most known for, what would you say the ventures are most known for? Absolutely. I would say that their biggest hit and most well-known song to the general public would be Hawaii Five O which is not the one that they use in the theme song because that's a lot of horns and stuff, but uh, it is their guitar based version was one of their biggest hits and it was on the charts for months and uh, people know that one really. And that came out after the show, right? Uh, right around that time. Actually, I, I read that it resurrected the show because the show was kind of, you know, dipping in the ratings a little bit. And then the Ventures gave it kind of a shot in the arm with their radio hit and people started tuning into the show. Okay, so I looked that up because I forgot about that. Yeah. Do you play the guitar, Stacy? No, I don't. I did take one lesson and I, I thought, wow, this is really hard. I don't think I can do this. I don't have the dedication or, you know, the passion to do it, but I do absolutely love guitar music. That's that's my jam. So what's your ultimate goal with this documentary? What do you want people to learn most about the ventures? Um, I would like people to know how the ventures helped innovate a lot of the guitar sounds that we know and love today. For instance, the fuzz tone, um, you know, and the whammy bar and the rundown on the neck of the guitar, the ventures innovated all of that. So I think that's very interesting. And uh, they certainly have gotten the credit that they deserve they are in the rock and roll hall of fame and they were inducted in uh 2000 wow. yeah uh, 2009 i believe um you know but it, it is nice to have the general public also know that some of the songs that they listen to today may not have that exact same sound if it weren't for the ventures i think yeah, this and be, yeah. in case you're not uh, aware what that is that's where they go <laughs> exactly thanks for doing that because i wasn't going to do that <laughs> <laughs> you never know you could get people to sing or different things but you're the you're the director of the documentary so, so i was <laughs> thinking go. uh also this is a great learning tool for people that want to start playing the guitar right mm, you said absolutely this? yeah the ventures are really i think one of the few groups that ever had uh their how to play guitar albums, their LPs, how to play guitar on the billboard charts. <laughs> you know, actually so many people wow. wanted to play guitar, look to the ventures for inspiration and, and education. All right. So okay. Dave has a final question and it's involving caregiving. Go ahead, Dave. Well, you know, I became a caregiver unexpectedly about 24 years ago. My wife had a stroke, lost oh. her, paralyzed. And, you know, we had to deal with it for a couple of years, but we, we managed, it was rough. But now, now I'm known as Caregiver Dave. I got this website, caregiverdave.com. And we travel the country. I've been on 35 TV shows and Harvard, NASDAQ, uh, Carnegie Hall, just helping oh, wow. caregivers stay alive. Because I believe that caregiving is going to touch everybody's life. You know, I'm a boomer who's just, you know, reached 65. And, and so um, we're starting to think about it. I just buried my mother, my father uh, a while back, and they both needed care. But right. my question, 
this? Do you worry about this? I mean, with your dad approaching uh, the age that he is, that uh, you may have to be his caregiver? Uh, well, I don't live in the same state as him, but fortunately my brother and my sister who live near Seattle do look in on him quite a bit, you know, but he's married and his wife takes care of him too. But of course, you know, that's something that you have to consider. I lost my mom two years ago and she was alone, you know, she didn't live with anybody. And, you know, I was very concerned about that, but she was also one of those people who's like, I can do everything myself. And, you know, I mean, that's good too. I think it keeps you mentally sharp in a way. So it's definitely a lot to consider. And I don't think people should ever ignore it. They should always plan ahead and think about it. And we do have some, some safeguards in place. And I think it's great what you're doing because people need to know that, you know, this is definitely it's reality. a challenging job. It's a very yes. challenging job for the it's caregiver. Really, and yeah. you're a caregiver, even Stacy, if you're not involved by checking on them. Caregiving is not just the process of being living with them and taking care of them, but worrying because we all worry about our loved ones. Of and course, that's, a care, yeah. that's a caregiving thing. And being on the phone, right, Dave? If you're yeah. drained by, even if you're thousands of miles away and you're on the phone all the time, that's a caregiving process too, because that's the mental health. And that, caregiver hat is going to be drained by just the stress of talking to people on the phone. Right. And the guilt that you can't be there and, Oh my God, you know, am I being selfish and all of that stuff. But even the parents, you know, with five and six kids, they're caregivers. I mean, you're, you're a caregiver. Oh yes. We are ready for this pandemic to end and that we can be back to normal so that kids can go back to school. Again, my kids are online an unbelievable process they finally figured it out the second time i guess by having real classes online than the first time where it was pretty much just homeschooling so we're getting through but they're going to go back january 17th unless things change i wouldn't i'm not holding my breath for january 17th 18th but we will see but they're off right now for holiday break but yes it is caregiving Anytime you are constantly taking care of someone that's caregiving. So I appreciate it. Stacey, there's a, is a website for the documentary that people can check out? Yes, there sure is. It is very easy to remember because it's the name of the documentary, which is the ventures stars on guitars.com. Fantastic. I think that anyone that's looking to be a rock star and wants to play guitar needs to check out this documentary. Anyone involved in the history of music, and uh, especially if you're going, you've gone to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you said, I want to learn more about the ventures. Well, here you go right there. Check out the <laughs> documentary. Right. So I appreciate it, Stacey. I knew I'd learned some stuff, but uh, definitely I don't, I'm going to definitely want to screen the film and take a look at it and check it out. And uh, I appreciate That's you coming true. by. Thanks. Thanks so much for doing this. Yeah. All right. Take care. All right, guys. All right. That was the Caregiver Dave Celebrity segment. Take care. Bye. Bye.